I heard recently that people who take their shoes off at the movies or at work or even at the dinner table live two to three years longer than those who don't. Now, look around, maybe somebody in your pew has taken their shoes off here. It seems to me that this is a holy place. For me, it is. It's a place where you know you're safe. It's a place where you know you're welcomed to be who you are. There's something about being relaxed, something about being comfortable, something about being safe that allows us to take our shoes off. And yet, there is danger when you have your shoes off. Holy ground is not soft or gentle ground necessarily, but full of life with all its risks. I have a broken toe to prove it. Yet there is danger when we take our shoes off. Jesus said to his disciples, follow me. Echoing God's word to Moses, take your shoes off. This is holy ground. Discipleship, following Jesus, in, is in a sense about what you do with your feet. There's a wonderful passage in the Alphabet of Grace, an old book by Frederick Beekner that says, feet are religious too. I say, if you want to know who you are, if you're more than academically interested in that particular mystery, you could do a lot worse than look at your feet for an answer. Then when you wake up in the morning, called by God to be a self again, if you want to know who you are, watch your feet. Because where your feet take you, that is who you are. The epistle of James reminds us that in order to be followers of Jesus, we have to do more than say we are. We have to actually put our feet to the path. We have to live the gracious hospitality, the profound compassion that Jesus taught and lived. The words, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, are clear. It is so easy to read the words or listen to someone else read them and then to go on with life, business as usual. James' words reflect a struggle that is as ancient as the text. From the first century, a letter attributed to James, the brother of Jesus, as early as 45 in the Christian era, before the establishment of the organized church. His concern was how one actually lives the life of the follower of the way of Jesus. To James, God is the one who is most real and who defines reality. The word of God in Hebrew, Debar, was at the beginning of creation. In James, the Greek writing, logos for God, is the source of every good and perfect gift. The key is that if our faith is to be real, it has to be put into action. Theoretical correctness, like political correctness, matters little 
if the way we live out our lives does not reflect what we believe. It's about taking the risks to be the people God has created us to be, the people that God called us to be, the people we promised to be when we were baptized or our godparents promised for us. It is about generosity, not greed. It is about hospitality, not hoarding. At some deep level, following Jesus is about the life of God being lived out in our lives in such a way that we love as God loves. According to James, religion that is pure and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows. To follow in the way of Jesus is to care for the orphan and widow as Jesus does, to love as God loves, to do justice as God does justice, to love mercy as God loves mercy. To live the way of the gospel is the way of Jesus, the way of the word of God. In the past few days, it has been impossible to avoid the pictures and the reports from Afghanistan. As a people of faith, our hearts break as we hear about the deaths of our servicemen and innocent civilians and see the chaos and fear as civilians seek to leave the country overrun by the Taliban and ISIS-K. We have seen horrific pictures of families passing their youngest children across the barbed wire to Marines who have then taken the children to be cared for in medical facilities and then reunited them with their families. We have heard of vets sneaking back into Kabul at night in the darkness to rescue the men and women who have been our allies in this 20-year war. And I understand that British soldiers have gone day and night, house to house, trying to rescue British citizens and their allies. The Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, addressed the House of Lords on the 18th of August after Parliament was recalled following the fall of Afghanistan. He said, we owe an absolute, lavishly generous, moral covenant to all those who are at risk because they served with us in Afghanistan or took seriously our frequently professed commitment to its future, women and girls included. An Afghan refugee, now a UK citizen, said to me this week, families in such times of trouble belong together. His words are not politics, but humanity. It's about morals, not numbers. We must commit, renew our commitment to freedom of religion and belief wherever, a point not much mentioned so far, that will count in Pakistan and Afghanistan for Christians and religious communities such as Shia, Hindus, Jhanas, Ahmadis, and Sikhs. He continued, 
A WhatsApp from a Christian in Afghanistan yesterday asked for support there and in Pakistan. Memorably, it said, I am willing to die for Jesus, but I do not want to die forgotten. My lords, this is a very bad time, especially for so many in Afghanistan and for those who served there. It is a time for prayerful humility and for us to display generosity, virtue, and courage. Rebuilding our reputation in such ways will give many others hope as well. Being doers of the word, following in the way of Jesus, is about passionate sharing of human life, the vulnerability of love that is capable of suffering, capable of compassion, capable of showing mercy. It is about taking off our shoes and walking the holy ground with all the freedom and discomfort, with the privileges of being the people God has gathered here this morning and gathers week after week, and the responsibilities of being the people of God outside these doors. Amen.